a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. With Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I'll tell you what, if I'm honest with you, I'm kind of been moved a little bit by this Kobe Bryant celebration of life. We've been having conversations about politics and elections and races here on the program for the past hour or so. Uh, and in the background, I've been seeing the memorial service for Kobe Bryant taking place at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. We've seen uh, people close to him. We've seen giants of basketball. We saw Michael Jordan uh, share some words. We saw Shaquille O'Neal uh, share some words. And we also saw uh, Vanessa Bryant, uh, who is the wife of Kobe Bryant and the mother of Gianna, who also lost her life in that helicopter crash. Uh, Producer Amy right now is uh, putting together some of the comments uh, made by those folks during the memorial service and uh, in this segment i'm going to share them with you and give uh, producer amy a few more minutes to get some of uh, those comments loaded up for us and in the meantime i'm going to turn my attention to politics i'm going to give you an update uh, on something having to do with the governor's race you heard earlier in the program uh, we spoke to jan garbett she's a businesswoman who made it known recently she'd like to run for governor she declares herself set apart from the rest of the field of Republicans uh, in that she is not a, a supporter of Donald Trump. That, that's besides the issue at hand right now. What I want to talk to you about now is uh, signature gathering. You know, SB 54, you remember that from years ago? That, of course, is the piece of legislation ultimately signed into law, which creates for this dual track to the primary ballot. Uh, traditionally here in Utah, Folks would go to the big convention and the delegates would turn out and they'd make their case and there'd be ballots and such like that. And it would be uh, the uh, the convention system, uh, caucus convention system, which would bring about the party's choice for their primary candidate. Well, SB 54 made it a, a possibility for candidates to uh, either forego or augment their efforts at convention by collecting signatures. In the race for governor, it is required that you collect, if you're a candidate uh, in the Republican Party, you need to collect 28,000 certified signatures, deliver them to the office of the lieutenant governor, and doing so would then allow you to appear on the primary ballot. Well, there are some updates to give here. I asked uh, Jan Garbett uh, of her intentions, and in fact, she this morning, I think it was uh, just before 9 o'clock, she 
submitted a document to the lieutenant governor's office making it known uh, that she intended to gather signatures, to gather 28,000. I asked her if it was too late, if she uh, is coming to this race too late in the game for her to have the sufficient time needed to collect those signatures. And she said, no, nope, no, nah, I can pull this off. So that's where she is right now. Uh, don't yet know uh, if, if she's commenced that effort or, or anything like that. But we'll keep an eye on that, see if she's able to pull off that effort. Spencer Cox, a current lieutenant governor running for governor. Uh, one, one thing I'll point out on that. I mentioned that these signatures need to be delivered to the office of the lieutenant governor, the, uh, to specifically the director of elections. Uh, Spencer Cox uh, is lieutenant governor. And here in the state of Utah, one of the constitutional duties is to oversee elections. Now, if you if you leave it at that, you're going to say, well, there's a conflict. Well, Spencer Cox is aware of that, and he has uh, recused himself from uh, from this effort. So he uh, doesn't have his hands on this directly, uh, and he is being evaluated, or his signatures, rather, are being evaluated just as are anyone else's. He has uh, submitted, let me see. Uh, we asked the campaigns uh, where they stand. This is the, the comment we got back from the Spencer Cox campaign. We have turned in more than 31,000 signatures from over 500 volunteers. The elections office is still counting and validating our signatures. We'll continue to gather signatures as necessary. So, again, uh, the requirement is 28,000. And then you, you, uh, you, you submit all you collect. And then the, the the offices, the various offices, will then certify those signatures. Spencer Cox currently has 21,000 signatures uh, certified, 21,000 and change. So uh, a few uh, thousand shorts, but he uh, makes it known that they've submitted 31,000 and they'll continue to gather as necessary. Uh, not too much information available on John Huntsman. Merely he has declared the intent to gather signatures. Thomas Wright uh, has submitted his signatures. Comment from his office reads, we turned our signatures in last week and we collected about 30,700. We're waiting for them to be verified. Jeff Birmingham, Birmingham, uh, who has also declared his intent to gather signatures, comment from his office this morning says, as you can imagine, that's a number we're keeping close to the vest. I can tell you that we are on pace to get the required number of signatures with a significant cushion to cover any signatures that aren't verified. Amy Winter Newton, running for governor, she made it known that she will discontinue or she has discontinued her signature gathering efforts in uh, uh, an effort for herself to focus on the convention. Now, uh, that leaves, of course, uh, Greg Hughes, former Speaker of the Utah House. He made it known at the very onset of this race, the, as soon as he declared uh, that he would not be gathering signatures, rather uh, fo- focusing exclusively on the uh, convention. So it's anxious. To, I'm anxious to see how things play out at the convention, and I'm also anxious to see how things play out as these candidates continue to gather signatures. So that's the update on that front. Uh, I expect that we're going to get more updates very, very soon. Uh, I'm especially interested to see when John Huntsman starts uh, turning in his signatures uh, and to see if the other candidates, of course, get the uh, requisite number of verified or certified signatures. So that's the update on the gubernatorial race as far as signatures goes. Now, let me turn my attention back to 
the celebration of life for Kobe Bryant and his daughter, uh, both killed, as you know, along with seven others in a helicopter crash last month. Let me just go real quickly. Just have a few minutes. I want to share with you some of the uh, some of the comments made uh, by his supporters and others. Here, uh, a, a chant of Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. This is thousands of fans and friends who uh, gathered together at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. One close friend of Kobe Bryant's, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, had this to say. This is a sad day, but it is also a celebration of life, of their lives, and of life itself in the building where those of us who are Lakers fans and Kobe fans celebrated so many of the best times of our lives. Here's Michael Jordan. But the thing about him was we could talk about anything that related to basketball, but we can talk about anything that related to life. And we, as we grow up in life, rarely have friends that we can have conversations like that. Well, it's even rare when you can grow up against adversaries and have conversations like that. Shaquille O'Neal, longtime teammate of Kobe Bryant, had this to say. Kobe, your heaven's MVP. I love you, my man, till we meet again. Rest in peace, Kobe. And then there were comments shared by Vanessa Bryant. She, the widow of Kobe Bryant and the mother of Gianna Bryant. The outpouring of love and support that my family has felt from around the world has been so uplifting. She then spoke about her daughter. She would hug me and hold me so tight. I could feel her love me. I loved the way she looked up at me while hugging me. It was as if she was soaking me all in. She was always thoughtful. She always kissed me goodnight and kissed me good morning. There were a few occasions where I was absolutely tired from being up with Bianca and Capri. And I thought she had left to school without saying goodbye. I text and say, no kiss. And Gianna would reply with, Mama, I kissed you, but you were asleep and I didn't want to wake you. Gianna never tried to conform. She was always herself. She was a nice person, a leader, a teacher. So that's the report from the celebration of life of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna. Uh, a tough thing. I see this stuff all differently now. I've got my own daughter. It breaks my heart to, uh, to see that mother speaking about her late daughter. Uh, it breaks my heart to see the friends of Kobe Bryant up there sharing in their mourning. Uh, I was heartened, though, at one point uh, during the remarks when Shaq was up there. Uh, Shaq's a funny guy. You know Shaq. Uh, and he told this real quick story about one of the first times he met Kobe Bryant. He said, uh, he said hey, listen, Kobe, there's, uh, there's no I in team, you know. And Kobe's response was, uh, yeah, well, there is an M-E, spells me. And uh, anyway, when Shaq shared that story, uh, the whole room, uh, the whole stadium, uh, that is, erupted in laughter. Uh, so that's that. That's going on right now uh, in Los Angeles at the Staples Center. Uh, and I just wanted to share that with you because it touched my heart. Next up, we're going to be speaking with Jenny Taylor. You know her. She's been spending the last few days at Fort Belvoir near Washington, D.C. as she receives training. The training she'll use as her uh, new role commences as civilian aide to the Secretary of the Army. A Utah next doing big things on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.